everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. We've got Rachel Stacy coming on. She's done some great things. She's doing some great things. And you know what? With her, I think the best is yet to come. And we're excited to kind of talk about her story and her life and talk about some music. So, Rachel, are you here? I am here. I'm so excited. <laughs> So how are you doing on this crazy day? Uh, well, I'm I'm <laughs> actually so I feel so blessed to be hanging out with Chris and Sandy today. By the way, so um, <laughs> well, thank you. It's uh, I've got a busy, you know, uh, I've got a lot going on. It's so funny because post pandemic, you didn't think all this stuff would happen. It's different, but it's busy again, you know. But it's just different busy. So um, yeah. it's an honor to be here, and you guys to ask me to do this. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. <laughs> and, you know, I always like to start, the, you know, this year, we're in a weird year, crazy year. So I always like to start out the same way on for now. You know, hopefully next year I won't have to start out this way anymore. That'll be a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> but how has exactly. COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Okay, well, uh, that's a really great question. <laughs> I'm like I used to, you should I'm sure everybody has seen like the memes online where or you know all over social media about the different phases of anger and sadness and happiness we went uh-huh. through like like I went mm-hmm. through the same you know because literally March 17th I was going on the road and uh, overnight every like daily I'd wake up another six shows canceled another big show canceled another my mm-hmm. recording session was canceled yeah. my as, as you know, no. and I'm not alone. We, we all went through this, but it was um, for me, meaning I thrive on my career, yeah. whether it be a dream or not. It's still my job, and it's uh, you know my, not being able to hire my musicians, not being able to go to any, not even you can't even go like do you couldn't even you couldn't even panhandle if you wanted to. <laughs> so you know, so I, you know what I mean. It was yeah. so I think I think I went through many phases is my point that I waking up that day um and I never watched TV I was watching TV to find out what's going on I'm listening I'm reading and it was I remember about two weeks later the debilitating <laughs> depression that kicked in wow I, I haven't felt anything like that in a long time I think it's because we're just always on the go yeah. right exactly you know and then I think the way you said to muster through it it is a, for me, it's a daily process, and it was, um, you know, I deal with depression anyway, so it really didn't help that uh, oh God. <laughs> that I had nothing to look forward to. But yeah. I really, yeah, but I don't know, reality, yeah, you know, I think going, shooting, I mean, to cut to the chase, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's cut to the nuts and bolts of it. You know, I'm a believer, and I believe that God, yeah. I was like, you know, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have gotten as far as I am without the faith I have. And um, you know, for some people that don't know, I've been in recovery for. I'll have nine years this year. And uh, I'll have thirteen for this me. Year. It, yay! Oh my God, this is so awesome! <laughs> oh my God, that makes me so happy. I love it. <laughs> but and I think for me, but even our even our support places were shut down. So right to stay sober, be in recovery, all this stuff. We really were at a standstill, and if I didn't have a faith in God, I just picked up the wow. guitar and I started doing lives <laughs> every day like everyone else. <laughs> and instead of freaking out, I just really it was a daily process. 
I love that. And, you know, talking about the yeah. whole addiction stuff, I remember <laughs> I went through 19 years of addiction. And okay. the first five years of our marriage was really hell on my wife because of those addictions. But, you know, she never put me down. She never nagged me. She never, she never did anything that would it hurt me because she just loved me through the addictions. And, you know, sometimes wow. when we tell our story – People will say, oh, she allowed you to walk over her, and I have to explain, no, <laughs> she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Wow. And, uh, and if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be allowed. That. Oh, yeah. Right. I and probably didn't appreciate it back then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Sandy, did he? He's got there now. so proud of that. Well, and that's, and, and, I think the most – go ahead. You go ahead, Chris. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is I remember waking up December 26, 2007. For the first time in my life, I got drunk on a Christmas day. And I woke up with a hangover. And I remember pleading to God because I knew I was destroying this marriage. I already destroyed my first marriage because of addictions. And here it is. I'm right in the middle of this, doing it all over again. And I was at the point where I pleaded with God. It's like either you take this desire away or I'm taking my life. Mm-hmm. I mean I was at that point. I was, I was at the bottom. It's like, and, and I'll never forget. I felt like God telling me, give him 30 days. Now I'm sitting there like, okay, and now I'm going crazy. I really felt like I really felt like something. I'm like, now could that be the end? And I'm I'm really thinking, okay, I'm I'm, I'm hearing things now. How? Because you know, you're God. What well, what would you need thirty days for? You know, and what wow. I didn't understand then, that I fully understand now, is between for every miracle, always proceeds from some form of obedience that God whispers to you. All through oh the Bible. Oh my God, that's so true. Yes. All through the Bible. <laughs> and I remember that around the 27, 28 day mark, from that point on, I've never had that desire since in almost 13 years now. And when I tell this story, I, you, get, you, know, you get mixed reactions because sometimes people will say, I've had people tell me, um, oh, you just weren't really addicted. You know, you just, you know, you don't, you mm, can't quit like I love that, that one. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, you ask my wife. She's seen both sides. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> you know, and I, what I love about that story, too, is that, um, you know, I, um, I like to encourage people that sometimes it's okay. So if you're waking up in the morning, which I was on the road using, mm-hmm. I drinking and drugs were kind of my, uh, you know, I think I'm a rock star and I'm, I'm a, I'm a, oh, wow. I'm a badass. You know, I've got all these mm-hmm. like, um, uh, what I think I'm supposed to be, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I didn't yeah. realize till I got sober that I just didn't know who I was and I was drinking and drugging through it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I tell the truth about my story because, there's some people that I was in the music industry with that just really didn't mm-hmm. understand addiction and that your wife, that Sandy yeah. got it and loved you through it. There's people who loved me through it because they were like, you know, they knew that they couldn't tell me of, even if they tried that I needed to go yeah. find out on my own. And yeah. I think as a, as a, not even a musician, just if anything for us to stay sober through the pandemic was a miracle in itself. 
and mm-hmm. that I think when I woke up November 6, 2011, I really recognized that my life, I had a big concert the night before. Mm-hmm. I I drank so much that people were calling me the next day. The radio station people were even calling me, asking oh, wow. if I was okay. And it oh, was, uh, you know, for somebody climbing in the industry, it didn't mm-hmm. look good. But, um, again, it really was my the beginning of my end, which really I just woke up to a whole new life. Oh, wow. wow. You know, and finding God. Finding God to, and let me let me tell you guys this. I moved from Oklahoma oh. to Los Angeles. I, I went. I came from Oklahoma. Uh, by the way, Boomer. Okay, so <laughs> at Boomer City, I uh, since OU Texas is today. Sorry. Um. Uh. So I came from Oklahoma <laughs> to Texas to California, and then mm-hmm. got. I went to college at UC Irvine, and then um, you know, I got my career started out there. That a lot of people think, oh, you just left Oklahoma and went and chased your dreams. I was like, no, I was running from addiction even in Oklahoma. Wow. And I hung out with people that uh, they didn't drink like me. I drank mm-hmm. worse than everyone else. They didn't use like me. I was a, the I was the epitome, and they thought I was so cute. They're like, oh, she's so funny because I thought <laughs> again, I, yeah, you know what I mean. I thought I was being a rock star, yeah. and really, I, I yeah. wanted my dreams weren't going to come true. So part of my story is, I moved from Oklahoma to California to get my life together, and I got, a, you know, I got scholarship. Well, I went to college out there, got my life together, and you know, I ran from it basically. Went to college out there. I school and music became my addiction. It always has been, but it was an addiction. But mm-hmm. I ran from the addiction to the addiction, meaning wow. I found a new way to cover up my drinking and drugging, which was work and school and yeah. music. So then that through that, sense. guess what happens when I, yeah, when I graduated, I moved into Los Angeles and guess what found me? Addiction again. It never left oh, me. Wow. So mm-hmm. anything, I'm addicted to anything that makes me feel different than I actually am supposed to be feeling. So if, if you want, if I'm supposed to be sad over grandma, I need to go pick up a drink or use or distract myself instead of feel the feelings. And I didn't know what that looked like. So mm-hmm. I get my record deals. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, you know, I've done whatever you, but you know, the industry we're up and down, we get this, we get that. Every time I would straighten yeah. up a little bit, me for me, for me. And mm-hmm. I had Sandy's, I had people who led me through it, but as yeah. a songwriter, I was, you, if you think about most of my songs that I wrote, I was under duress or stress or sadness or, oh, wow. Or really, really mm-hmm. euphoric. Like I had, I wasn't. And so when I wrote a song, it was to get these emotions out. So mm-hmm. then you get yeah. sober. I got when I got sober, November six, two thousand eleven. <laughs> I thought my career was over because I was like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to write a song? Correct me up today because I'm I'm definitely a writer still. And yeah. you know, and it's um, so based on your story that I think things for me that changed mostly is that I'm a songwriter. I'm a musician mm-hmm. and I'm an mm-hmm. artist. That's the bottom line. But am I going to choose to create messes or create miracles? And the way that I've been doing that is by staying sober. And it seems like God's definitely giving me a whole new avenue. I don't mm-hmm. have the millions and the Grammys and the tour buses. <laughs> I've had yeah. all that yeah. stuff in between, but I do yeah. have success. And that's, you know what I mean? And sometimes my success that day is just that I, I maybe helped another person. Wow. I love that attitude. <clears throat> That's what, what it's you. really all about. That's why, you know, if I feel like 
our story connects with the audience, I will tell parts of our story. I mean, with the artists, I mean, because again, right. you know, it's about connection. And, you know, I never wanted our show to be this boring ask question, they answer, ask question, they answer. <laughs> okay, we're done. I love it. it. You know, and if you want that, you know, if you want that, I can just shoot you the questions. You write them out, and I will, and I will post it on the page. No, I want a raw conversation between a couple people where in the world listening in. Right. And you know that's really interesting. You said that because really we've had that before, where I've done interviews where I have the questions beforehand. And this is great. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I always have my foundation, my foundational questions, but I let the conversation go where it goes because I know that God's always in charge. And if it goes to a direction that I'm not expecting, I let it. You know, now granted, there may be times where, uh, like, <laughs> like uh, you know, there was a time to where, um, Somebody ranted about COVID for ten minutes, and well, guess what? I edited that part out. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know. know, Again, I don't like to be honest. To be honest, I don't like to edit. I am lazy (laughs) when it comes to that type of stuff because editing is hard work. And so I like I like one conversation one take, and then I can upload it to all the podcast stuff. And most times that happens, but every now and then there are issues that come up, and I'm like, mm, that was said probably not in the right way. Let me just clip that a little bit. <laughs> I love most, it. I love that. <laughs> you know what's crazy part. about – got to tell you real quick. I think it's so beautiful about the, your goal, you know, your goals with your show were to do what basically God's work is what I call it. Because all the, what people don't understand is that sometimes God, if you don't want to look at the, the uh, hellfire and damnation God, if you will, meaning well, I'm going to call it that, okay? What I love yeah. is people have heard me say, you know, I didn't really believe. I believed in good orderly direction, and, and then I got mm-hmm. fooled into believing. Now I believe in God. Isn't that funny? Like, oh, I was wow. like, oh, tricky, tricky <clears throat> people. And the people that I look up to in the music industry that have a relationship with God or, um, you know, I'm not, not trying to get this all in re- – this is not a uh, – I'm not trying to turn this all religious or spiritual, but <laughs> – for me, that what saved my life is what you said, is people allowing me, like Sandy allowed you to be you, and people have allowed me to be me, and mm. when I got sober and started having to follow it, because I would do exactly what the record label told me, I did exactly what my manager told me, I did exactly what it was, but there were areas of my life I was so rebellious in, and it was <laughs> oh, the wow. places that were, they were killing me, they were sabotaging me. And it was me, me, I was sabotaging me. Those, mm-hmm. those vices were killing me. And I tried to kill myself um, many times and pills. Um, I was holding my gun once. I mean, I, it's dark and it's deep and people need to know the truth. And mm-hmm. I, I remember someone telling me early on that I've been sober, I'll have been sober nine years. And I like to say my walk with God started nine years ago. And, um, when I tell people that, it's really interesting you said that about your show because I've actually been mm-hmm. guided before not to talk about this stuff at all. 
Mm-hmm. I've been told sure. not to bring it up, to have well, a smile on my face, be somebody else. And I did. I'd I did rather that. people bring me, it up. Yeah, right? Well, it's truth. It's it's <clears throat> what I call truth. If I say, so as a, let, let's put it in perspective, like as a musician, right? If mm-hmm. I don't practice my violin, you know, I'm a fiddle player. If I don't practice my violin, if I don't practice my piano or my guitar, if I don't practice singing, um, like I have a two-hour rehearsal today with the boys, um, if mm-hmm. I don't have that, guess what suffers? My music, right? So yep, if, right. My relationship, if my relationship with God is not building, that suffers too. So which yep, one? And then it makes you? everything suffer. Exactly. Everything. <clears throat> and I think uh, what people need to know, they're like, oh, you know, atheist versus agnostic, whatever. They just need to know that I, as that's what saved my life. I'm not trying to tell you to follow me. Yeah. But if you'd like exactly. to know, a lot that people have come to me and they're like, Rachel, I want to know a little bit more about what you believe in because it's working for you. I'm like, wow, thank you. Thank exactly. you for noticing. You know what I mean? And I live yes. a dark life. It was a double life. Of, and I'll tell you, you Chris, I know I'll tell you this. I know you do. Listen to this. So um, 10 years ago, I was backstage. I just met with a radio station. I had not slept in two days. It was a constant party. I remember sitting in the green room, and I was waiting to go on. I'm back in the couch, and I looked around the band. I looked over at my bass player, um, and I go, I can't live like this anymore. And that's a year before I got sober. So and I'm like, I can't live like this. I, this is not what I, I know. God, I know God was talking to me then, and but I was like, I can't live like this. I'm gonna die, and I'm tired of the, mm-hmm. you know, the times I try to commit suicide or, um, or you know, I come from a, a life of childhood abuse. So it's, I help children that have domestic problems, and you, what you do is you take your gift, that was your absolute nightmare, and you. Yep. Take the gift of you're, having you're that knowledge the and you help someone else. Yeah, exactly. You you help somebody else say, hey, look, it's this this music business is not what you think it is. It really is what is your purpose and how do we, yes, people got to capitalize on it, but even the history of music, you know, down to the managers doping up mm-hmm. the Motown guys and stuff like that, that they it was a sense of control that, Nowadays, we have the way to use our music as a platform to help others. Yeah, exactly. And I'm hoping that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, and that's a perfect lead-in to where I want to go now because, as okay. you know, you know, and I think it's you know, because we talked about the addiction side, the struggle side, but there's another struggle side right. that nobody talks about when, when okay. music. As you know, <clears throat> um, fans, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, okay. of a Carrie. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level. And I've always said I wanted that side of it because nobody else talks about this side of it. And I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us where I want this part to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? I'll never forget her answer. She said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of it, if you can see yourself doing something yep. else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment, because the moment you want it to be a career, 
you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of it. Your, your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're grinding, you can't say – not only can you not say no to a gig because you might not get more, but then you, once yep. you've got a gig, you can't, can't cancel. And you know your friends will think, say, well, this is my big day. This is my wedding day. But you can't cancel. You've already got a gig that day. doesn't matter. You know, you, you cannot – they don't understand that. Then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice, not just the artist. And then if that's not enough, there are days that you just feel miserable. But if you got a gig, right. you got to get on that stage and smile like you're having the best time ever, even if you are miserable. But then she added, mm-hmm. she says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think yep. of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. <laughs> I think it's very well said because as you were saying it, I was like, I know exactly what I was going to say. So I was um, probably uh, probably 15 years ago, I did a mm-hmm. workshop with Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. And it was acting, oh, wow. and I had been, I'd been recruited to do an acting uh, seminar with them. And uh, at the time, I, was, I had not lived in Los Angeles yet, and I was flown out to do this workshop, blah, blah, blah. And Jason Alexander takes everybody in the room and he goes, all right, everybody, how many of you have another passion like besides this? And, well, at the time, I was doing both, music and acting, right? Yeah. And I didn't raise my hand, but like three, but three people did. And he goes, then get out. And wow. it was so funny because I remember sitting back in my chair going, whoa, that was hard. <laughs> and he's like... He goes, what I'm trying to tell you people is if you don't, if you don't have a passion for every side of this industry, if the big square box does not fit you, meaning if you don't know behind the scenes and in the front of the scenes and the side of the scenes and the side of the scenes, if, music, if acting is not your world, then get out. So wow. I took that in the music world too. So once I hit, and then you, you'll love this story because I one day maybe he'll listen. Val Kilmer is one of the first people <laughs> I hung out with when uh, I hung out with Val Kilmer when I first got to Los Angeles and I, when he, I didn't even live there yet. We just, we all met up with them. We all hung up with them and I became friends with them right then. And he goes, uh, what do you mm. want to do? Like, what do you, wow. you're going to school for music and acting. What, what do you want to do? Cause I was the head of the Irvine a few years later. He goes, yeah. um, I said, um, why? He goes, well, pick one. Think about it. What he just I go, what? He goes, pick no. one. You can't do it all. You can't be a jack of all trades, a master of none. Yep. I'm not kidding you. After that yeah. conversation, music music was my primary focus. And wow. it's I've never I I mean I went to school for I mean I I got trained in sound. I went to school for you know theater arts behind the scenes. I I mean I love every aspect of this world. I'm sitting in my recording mm-hmm. studio right now. I have every instrument you can imagine. The drums are set up for the boys. I mean, I learned every aspect of this industry. Why? Because of those people's advice. And I wow. can tell you, if my, and you know, here's the thing. I have missed out on life. I've missed out mm. on a lot of things. But the people that love me and know that music is my world, they're still mm-hmm. here. And yeah, exactly. And then of course you, and then yeah. you have family members who don't get it that you're, you're, you just really okay. Think about this. Well, how come a doctor gets off the hook and we don't? <laughs> True. 
Think That's about true. it, right? Why mm-hmm. did they yep. get off the hook and we and, don't? And everybody I, wants their kids to be a doctor. No, no. Here's the thing. There's they're saving lives, right? So mm-hmm. are we. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just we're in a different medicine. way. We're also we're medicine. Music right. is medicine. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you the biggest, the coolest things. I'm sure you guys know. The best thing is when you look out in the crowd and people are singing your songs. Uh, I think uh, mm-hmm. the pr- yeah, of course everybody loves praise, but I will tell you my favorite part I love is when someone comes up and goes, "Your songs save my life every day," no. or oh, your song. Amazing. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. I just want to let you know, my one of my best stories in Sturgis, South Dakota. You know, there's like at the time, at the time it was for seven hundred thousand. I think now it's close to a million. But it was um, we were at the Full Throttle Saloon, and in concert there, and they people were lined up to buy my CDs and uh, and merchandise. And this guy comes up and he goes, "Can I talk to you for a second? And I said. Yeah, he goes, hey, I bought a CD of yours last year. He bought the same CD again, by the way, which is funny. And he goes, I need to buy another one. Um, my wife and I came here to see you last year, and she, we fell in love with you, and she got killed in a motorcycle wreck. Mm. And oh, well. your CD wow. has been something that's kept me going and feel like she's alive this whole year. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it's still pivotal. And that was wow. the first time ever. So when someone comes up and tells a story like that, I'm like, we're medicine too. So with my family. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. You know, if people don't, they don't understand how we feel, but I don't do this to get attention. I also do this because it's all I know. I'm just like your, your, you talked about her saying that statement. If you want to do anything else, get out. Jason Alexander, if you want to do anything else, get out. Val Kilmer, get it, learn one trait. And what he was saying mm-hmm. is, focus on one because at the time I had modeled, I was acting, I was doing it all. And, and that's what I thought you had to do. Cause I was managed by somebody who said you have to do it all. And then mm-hmm. so growing up as a musician, since I was four years old, I've wanted to do this since I was a little girl, writing out my speeches, all that stuff is when you get older, if you let everything else distract you, you meet the guy that comes and girl, says, I wish I wouldn't have sat my guitar down. And yeah. I'm like, so do you, you know what I tell them? Um, pick, pick it back, it back up. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be, not too late. Like, I even tell, like, parents will come to me and ask me, like, how, you know, I do coach some people. I, I do studio coaching. And mm-hmm. I tell them, these, I tell these younger people, I'm like, dude, when I was growing up, my parents had to pay for lessons. YouTube was not hanging around. You have free access. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right, you had to buy the instructional. You had to buy instructional DVDs. You had to buy all this stuff. Why not learn a guitar? It doesn't matter if you're six years old or sixty or eighty. Why not pick it back up because it's medicine for the soul. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And now that we talked about the sacrifice side, I think we hit that pretty hard. And I love that when that happens because I think it's the most important thing that should be talked about in the industry is what it really takes that everybody sugarcoats. But now let's talk about what that leads to when you do it right, when you're doing that. So okay. when you, you know, let's flip the script. When you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh my gosh. Um, I think still my favorite story. Well, let me, my very first tour, I ended up, you know, getting the call that I was with ZZ Top. And I was like, what? Oh, uh, 
<laughs> and I'm like, and so all the hard work, three, four nights of rehearsal, the, the sacrificing things to go on tour. Um, I was independent then. All the band quit their jobs, and we all just went on the road in a van with barely any money. You want to talk about that is sacrifice. These guys mm-hmm. believed in me so much that they quit their jobs. I'm like, I can't offer you a million dollars. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and, and so, when, but wow. with these, yeah. And what what was pivotal for me, like you asked, is when I uh, went to ZZ Top and the crowd that waited to meet me. I was brand new. Waited mm-hmm. just to meet me, get an autograph, buy a CD, buy T-shirts. I had little kids T-shirts too, and Here's the bottom line. Children, like two rows, were in front of my stage staring up at me like enamored. It was so adorable. And I was like, I hope these little kids follow their dreams. And so what Mm -hmm. happened, where that's important to me, is I started signing Follow Your Dreams. Love, Rachel. Oh, wow. And then fast forward to... I know I have all kinds of stories like that, but that's when it all began. And then one of my favorite stories is when I first got to Texas, I met Bill Mack and I don't know if everyone, he passed away this year. Bill Mack mm-hmm. was my um, kind of uh, I was on the Billy and April show on XM and Bill Mack, Billy Mack is Billy and April were the son and daughter-in-law of Bill Mack, uh, the legendary country icon that um, was on, you know, Midnight Cowboy, Willie Nelson's best friend, blah, blah, blah. He wrote Blue for Leanne Rhymes, Drinking Champagne. Well, I ended up as a oh, guest wow. on his show, and then, and then I was a recurring guest as kind of a co-host. So they mm-hmm. like what I, I just they became family. I was I was really at their house a lot, and Bill um, knew that Willie Nelson was my bucket list, and yeah. so we we are on the air and the phone rings and Bill Cindy his wife. Uh, is behind the red flashing light, you know, because they can't talk because he's on the air. And he says, it, she's like, oh, oh, hi. Oh, hi, Willie. Hi. Oh, yeah, she's right here. Let's be on the phone with Willie Nelson. I almost wet myself. Like, <laughs> I was so, you know what I mean? He's like, hey, Rachel, I'm a big fan. I've listened to your stuff. I said, I do yesterday's wine. That's all he said. He goes, oh, you do? Well, why don't you come down to Carl's Corner and sing it with me? So I said, I got to sing oh, it with wow. him. Merle, Merle Haggard, John Anderson. No, John Anderson was there. That was a different show. Uh, David Allen Coe was there. Um, all these other country legends were there. And it was just, it was a streamline. So everything, let's put all those together. All that hard work made that stuff even more enjoyable. More meaningful. Yeah. More meaningful. Not because they're stars, because they're who I respect in the music industry. Yeah. And they're they're right in it. And by the way, Willie Nelson did not write yesterday's wine, which is so funny about me saying that I do that song. <laughs> so, so, but um, it, you know what I mean. But it was like, mm-hmm. and then I've gotten to play with some of the biggest names in music. So it's, um, wow. I think the most important part that the payoffs still continue. I have a, I think I I think I, I don't know. That. I have a new TV. I have a TV show I just signed. Uh, on the country network to highlight uh, artists. It's kind of like a talk show where I play mm-hmm. music with them. And it's like, I, I wish it was kind of like hee haw or something like that. I see on Nickelodeon, <laughs> but it was, you know, all these, all these gifts that are coming out of it are not because I just started yesterday and gave up because yeah, I'm here. I've, I've lost relationships. I did not have kids. I, 
I have worked, I have cried night after night. God, if you don't want me to do music, please remove the desire to do it. Is that funny, Chris? Oh, well. That you said that about yours. <laughs> please. And yeah. it's funny because I, I asked God to remove the desire to do music, and then it just keeps coming. And I have had my heart broken. I've been stabbed in the back. I've lost contracts. I have been punched in the face. I have been sliced wow. my fingers, sliced open from guitars. I have smashed my foot. I have been knocked out unconscious. I drank myself silly. I drank myself smart. I did it all wrong. But I woke up and went, oh, I'm okay. Let's keep going. And and is your is your dream Larry Joe Taylor, who's a writer here in Texas? He said to me, him and I wrote a song called uh, "Till You Have To," and Lloyd Maines, Natalie Maines' dad, of Dixie Chicks, produced it. And mm-hmm. it was just talk about euphoria because I really didn't. Um, I, I was just doing my job. I was just showing up. Yeah. But the way way I got that deal is he asked me um, if I wanted if I had the choice to be in tour buses, millions of dollars. Ferraris and big houses all over the world, or be a songwriter. Which one would it be? I said, "Duh, a songwriter." And he yeah. goes, "We're writing, we're writing a song." And um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that's and that's where uh, I mean I have so many stories, but I still continue to get. It's painful. It's a painful business, but I'll tell you what. Yeah. It's, it's all I know. It's all I. It's all I'm good at. It's so funny you say that because said, you, you know it's funny you say that because you know all I know is talking. That's all I'm good at, and okay. and it's funny because you know my wife and I just crossed our 18 years of marriage, and all through the years I can remember um, so many times where we're on the street, and we run into somebody, and I'm not talking friends, I'm talking running into strangers, and I end up in a conversation with them, and. If we're if we get two three four minutes in, she knows we're there sixty minutes. There's just no question about it. And sometimes she get upset about that and roll her eyes. But we're there sixty minutes, and I've done that thousands and thousands of times in our eighteen years of marriage. And little did we oh, wow. know that that was a preparedness for what we're doing now. I just had no idea. Yeah, oh my God! See. <laughs> 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 and, I think, and, and I think, go ahead. Yeah, and that's probably why, you know, again, you know, I listen to other podcasts and I just want it to be a con- – I've done so many conversations. I just want it to be a conversation. If it's not a conversation, I don't want to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you get it. <laughs> I, you know what's awesome about what you guys – you definitely took the training that you've had from the past or something going – and you're utilizing it today. And to me, that describes the music business. And I love, Chris, that you asked something really cool about, mm-hmm. here, here's the thing. Like, I had those people in my life that were more impressed about my Willie Nelson, Larry Joe, um, um, Phil Vassar, uh, mm-hmm. Willie, Merle Haggard, all the people that I've played with, right? Then yeah. coming to my show, because it's not as impressive, and I'm like, what I try to encourage people to do is I realize that we're all in this together, but don't forget mm-hmm. they were just where we were once. They, yep. I mean, Maren Morris and Maren used to come to my, her and I, I know her and her family, her and I used to sit in my studio and write. And oh, well. I knew how hard that girl worked. That girl didn't make it overnight. <laughs> She's one of the yeah. hardest working 
girls I know, and I remember her that way at 18. So she's, wow. you know what I mean? So not to just put mm-hmm. her, lump her in, but I try to tell even Taylor Swift. I mean, it, it does, it, George, George straight, George Soroka, whatever. It's behind <laughs> the scenes, very, you know what I mean? Behind the scenes, very painful. And mm-hmm. um, meaning the painful part is sometimes we just, want to be heard and we want to be mm-hmm. able to get our music out there just like you want to do a talk show and get the proper uh, training from your past into the content. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Exactly. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to play your song Godspeed and talk about that. How's that sound? Mm. I love it. All right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. Blown the way it should be. 
God's intention for me to see how this darkness is killing me. Maybe that's God's intention for me to Great song. Love it. Wow, thank, thank you. Song. Tell us a little Love bit about a that song. Um, well, so it's interesting we talked what we talked about because when I got um I had just gotten through pushing uh Moon Turns actually no Moon Turns End had just been released to radio the year I got sober, I think. I think. Mm. And um my dates are all screwed up. And I remember uh it was, you know, kind of fading off when radio hits, you know, you do your phone calls, blah, 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 or your visits, et cetera. <clears throat> and um, I went back and it was a morning that I was supposed to practice finger picking. And I just went back to my studio and I opened the blinds and it's the first time I had really seen the tree and I'd lived there for a year. And it was the first time I really started waking up and hearing, well, um, I, yeah. There's a tree, there's a squirrel, there's a light. It's beautiful. And so I started finger picking. And mm-hmm. that's Godspeed basically was talking about the, the industry, God, my friends, mm-hmm. my music. And um, that's the song that came out. I'm telling you, it's all, yeah. all driven by my life change. So I love that's that. where it came from. Yeah. I love that. Now, as you know, um, fans see the artists. They don't see the PR people, the producers, the managers. And I'll be honest, I don't think they get enough love that they deserve. So I always mm-hmm. want to change that on our show at least. So if you want to take a couple minutes just to tell everybody a little bit about the team around you that helps you be who you are. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's beautifully well said because I think the behind-the-scenes stars are more important than us. Um you know, I've got the, the team of people behind me that I have, I mean, gosh, I have a web of them that without them and their guidance, I really can't do what I do. I like to say yeah. I'm just kind of the, the puppet to the dream. <laughs> and um, so between social media to management to PR to marketing, whoever is what on our team, you know, it fluctuates sometimes. And but the mm-hmm. core of my group, um, I'm very lucky, and I do have you know my fiance is uh, li- literally a guru, and I never thought yeah. I would have someone in the industry that is behind yeah. the scenes pushing me so much. It's the first time I've ever had it, and along with him and the rest of our team, um, you know I can get too much of myself, and mm-hmm. I get to where I want to give up, and I'm tired, and they cheerlead me on because of the belief they have. And Mm -hmm. when you have uh, marketing Mm -hmm. people that 
because you don't know who to trust. You have a lot of yes people around you yeah. a lot of times. And yeah. so the people like I consider you part of the team too. Without you, you we wouldn't be able to get out there. So yeah. my little my plug for them is honestly they're the real stars. I'm just the front of the house. That is I love that. And you know, <laughs> and it's so true and we've got um a third party on our team too. Um, our little eight year old, we always have him come on and ask Aww. one question. <laughs> To each artist, and you know, we got a 19 month old daughter. When she gets older, we'll be plugging her in too. So Sandy's going to get him on in just a second. Um, but he loves us. He had to ask his one question here because <laughs> we are a family. I affair. love it. I love it. <clears throat> All right, Wait, I've gonna... got Christopher here. He's ready with his question. Hi, what's I'm your Ray name? Yeah, hi, Rachel. What's My your name... favorite food? Oh my gosh, my favorite food, you really want to know? Yes. Is mashed mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, that's how boring it is. Is that boring, Christopher? I mean, mashed potatoes. They're the best. No. It's okay. Do you agree? Do you agree? Yes. <laughs> Yummy. And, and what's yours, real, Chris? Pizza. Now, what's yours? Oh, my God. Okay, so you and I, when we meet in person, we'll have mashed potatoes, pizza, and chocolate. Is that okay? Sounds good. <laughs> but not all together, because that's weird. All right. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Wait, we call, we call him our secret. Thing. You know, it's funny. We call him our secret weapon. Everybody remembers our show because of him. Oh, my God, I'm in love with them already. Oh, I love it. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you write about? Oh, dead or alive? Yeah. Honestly, right now, the point, like this particular, there's so many. There's, hold on. There's, I can't do one. Oh, my gosh. That's okay. really hard for a songwriter. Let me think. Give me three. <laughs> so okay. the one that's sure. not alive is honestly Waylon. I would love to oh, sit wow. and just get the rebellion side of him because that's kind of who <laughs> I am. And then oh, um, I'd love to sit with Keith Urban. Now, I've gotten That'd to write be... with some pretty amazing people. So I can't, it's really hard. Keith Urban, I'd love to sit because <clears> there's some simplicity to his songs that I absolutely love. And I would love, love kind of my my uh my uh new my new feeling my my new feeling is uh oh my gosh i just based oh well actually she's not alive any i'd love to sit with adele because we have she's got that piano side yeah Mm -hmm. and i've got Mm -hmm. a little bit of my piano side but my violin my my violin and her piano it would be stellar and i gotta be honest with you there's a list of people I dream of writing with. And, like, I even uh, got a hold of Bill Vassa, Bill Vassa the other day. I was like, he's written so many hits. I was like, Bill, I need uh, to hold a song. So, and <laughs> I got to write. You know, I've written with Grammy Award winning. I mean, Marin and I wrote our song. I mean, there's, I have all kinds of credit. But, man, I will tell yeah. you, if there was one person rebellious, I'd, be, I'd let Waylon produce me. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> I know I know um, Wade Jennings. I, I mean I know Shooter and I know Wade Jennings that his grandson. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can 
Maybe I should mm-hmm. call them up. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would be awesome. <laughs> it's so, close. It's close, right? Yep. <laughs> it is, yeah. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always oh, like to tell the tell, and I always like to tell this story before I ask that same question to each artist because the answer she gave us five years ago before everybody knew who she was is almost to the T of what she's living right now. She, that girl knew where she was going and she knew what she wanted. And so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Five years, it would be wonderful to have a Grammy for my songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. and even, and I gotta be honest with you, if it's me, great. If it's somebody else, even better. Um, but a Grammy and just to be, uh, able to work with other artists that I, um, can give my many years of wisdom to, <laughs> but also play fiddle on the road again with some of the bigger names in country. I, I love to do it yeah. all. So it's so hard. So five years, I know what I want, but it's, the real, realistic side is I want to be happy doing what I love, and mm. I'm there right now. So in five years, let's add a Grammy to that. There you go. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Now let's say that um, you're, you're, you can see five, 10, 15 years down the road, and you're a success at a big level. Whatever that is, you're a success. Okay. And let's say the person you are now can meet your future successful self. What would you tell or remind her? I would remind her where you came from. Um, Ego means edging God out and remind myself that without a daily reprieve of, you know, the serenity that I wouldn't have gotten where I am today. Mm -hmm. That's to that person, talking Mm -hmm. to this person. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I love that. Great, really great answer. <clears throat> now, let's say that you you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and they've got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they got that it factor. And um, I'd say they've played, you know, maybe 40, 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've okay. gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd. The crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Rachel, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next couple years? I would say get in the studio and get it done. Write your music, get it recorded, and get it on paper. Get the music out there. That's the most important part. And uh, rehearse and put your show together as a product, not as a bar band. Um, And along with them getting it recorded, get your product polished to where you've got the right team around you. And I will give you any resources I can because I agree. You have it. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I always say this. Do you need a fiddle player? I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> I have, no, listen, I have, you know, I've got my show on, my show on the Country Network um, it's called mm-hmm. the Spacey Show, America's Country Music and Rudy Gatlin was on and he's so funny, all I said is Rudy, I know you're getting ready to do something and I heard you need a fiddle player 
And then Bill Bass is on, hey, do you need a fiddle player? I was like, okay, wait, maybe I'm on the wrong side of the business. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, But anyway, yes, I would encourage them. Record it. Get it down paper. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Make it happen. Now, now because we went really heavy, really fast, I usually start light at the very beginning. So a couple of the light questions I'm going to bring back um, because, again, I love these questions. Um, So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? I love to walk and go to the gym. I, um, oh my gosh, isn't that terrible? Like, music is my life. I love to be in the (laughs) studio. Um, I love, I'm just now getting, uh, I I make jewelry, and I Mm -hmm. do it passionately. I I make leather rock and roll jewelry, and um, I love to create no matter what I'm doing. So I... uh, between the gym and I love to paint. So see what I mean? I'm yeah. always creating something. And I love <laughs> always about creating. I, lo- I do, and I'm all about making, <laughs> like real uh, creating um, real uh, different. I love my I love table chasing in my studio, mm-hmm. but I love to like create in my head new equipment that could be invented. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that cracking awesome. myself up because I'm like I literally can go to Guitar Center or somewhere and tell them what I'm looking for and they go, Rachel, that doesn't exist. Oh, it doesn't? <laughs> so, <laughs> well then let's make it. So I, I yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yes, I, I think it's jewelry, working out, um, enjoying beautiful weather and um getting to see and people grow in this business. Love that. Now, what would you say is something quirky about you? <laughs> My laugh. Um, I'm always, I'm always joking. Um, mm. I'm always, pre- I'm playing jokes all the time. Um, my quirky side is I'm a mean, mean morning person. I'm a terrible morning person. Oh wow! Um, and everybody knows it. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it. I just, I don't do well in the mornings. And even quirkier. I don't like to put my makeup on in a bathroom. I like to sit on a floor and do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we could get quirkier, Chris and Sandy, but I, I'm going to leave that out. I'm really good. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so what, when you look back at all the songs you've done, which one, and I know they're all your babies. I get that. Um because a lot of times artists will say, well, they're all my babies. How could I choose? But I still have to ask, mm-hmm. what song of yours that you've done means the most and why? Oh, gosh. Um, there's two songs, actually. Mm-hmm. Too Soon is the last um, album cut. It's called Too Soon. And it was because I was watching a family member of mine go through so much pain. I wrote the song in like 20 minutes. And oh, wow. it's just so well, I love it. It's so well produced. But my other baby is um, Traveling Man of my Full Circle album. And it's just an album oh, cool. cut. But it is, I started writing the song because I thought I was in love. And then I found out he was cheating. <laughs> and then by the oh, time wow. we got to the studio, I was wow. crying in the studio and got to tell the, the truth. And so I hear the song now and <laughs> think how far I've come. I think I've come, oh, wow. I've come I that that life doesn't exist anymore. So it's kind of that staple, you know. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. what message do you want to portray through your music and your life? 
The biggest message for me is this is always such a tough question for me because mm-hmm. there's a side of me that wants uh, people to understand you can chase your dreams too. Uh, yeah. But there's also the side of me that wants to show the reality of the business and that mental health um, addiction. Um, the balance. Balance of mental health addiction is um, I'm an example of being able to fight that. Yeah. And that you can do that through music and it, how healing music is. I know it's a long answer, but it's, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's a tough, that's a toughie. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? <laughs> um, um, one of the questions that I would love to be asked, hmm, that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, is that one right there? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think a question I would like to be asked is if I'm happy doing what I have, you know, if I'm really yeah. happy with how the music industry is, because we don't get asked yeah. that a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and you probably my, don't get, because a lot of people, if they're not happy, are they really going to be on a radio show and say, you know, that. I'm really not happy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what though I guess Some my point though. saying that you know what I guess my point to saying that is that w- there's room for us all we don't yeah. have to compete mm-hmm. I just wish we could all encourage each other that instead of being cutthroat let's scratch each other's backs instead of mm-hmm. try to step on each other's backs and sometimes yeah. I guess that being at, that's what I mean about happiness is that yeah. In this ever-changing mm-hmm. world, being asked, are you happy with the way things are? It's definitely mm-hmm. different. And, and I'll tell you, yeah. Sanford Brokaw, um, which is Richard Sturman's manager, said this to me. you got to realize, when we were pushing the Oak Ridge Boys, there were only three stations. Now look <laughs> at it. Yep, it's so harder. we've got to be yeah. there for each other. We've got to be there for each other. And... Um, I don't think I think you guys asked all the right questions, so this is a hard one. And we love to hear that because again, you know, we've built our show for the artists. Uh, you know, we want to get out of out of the artists what the artist feels that needs to be said and needs to be talked about. Because again, you know, so many things gloss over everything, and we just want the rawness to come out. Right. We well, you definitely are on that path with that story of yours, too. And, hey, oh, 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 I'll tell you this real quick. That mm-hmm. based on what you said about questions, if my soapbox would be one thing, is that, no, I don't always like how the industry is. I don't. Mm-hmm. But what I do love is don't give up because just because yeah. you run into some obstacles, with these people, there is room for us all. And if you yep. surround yourself with the right people, meaning believe in yourself first and then everything else falls into place, that's mm-hmm. where it becomes more fun <laughs> and um, rewarding. There you go. Yeah, definitely love that. Yeah. Now, if you, as we yeah. close here, if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that would be awesome. The best way right now is my social media. Um, Instagram is Rachel Stacy Music. 
YouTube uh, is official Rachel Stacy. Um, Twitter is the Rachel Stacy. And then of course Facebook. You got you gotta go there too. Uh, Facebook is just Rachel Stacy. And then of course please uh, I encourage everybody for everybody music, stream our music on Spotify, um, Apple, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. And just keep uh you know, by keeping us alive, maybe the venues will come back, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, streaming helps us all the way. So thank you. And then, of course, you can buy our stuff, too. I love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look thank forward you. to having yeah. you back down the road. Oh, that would mean the world to me. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours. Thought we could. Oh, we could. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I appreciate what you guys are doing, and I appreciate you. Uh, I don't know how you pulled it out of me, but, boy, there's some depth in what you guys do, and I really appreciate it. Well, thanks. Um, and we look forward, like I said, we look forward to definitely bringing you back down the road, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Chris and Sandy. Yep, you guys have a wonderful and beautiful, blessed day. You too. You too. Okay, thanks, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.